Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It's Haber and Middlecoff. I'm Guy, and that tan, well-lit son of a gun over there is John Middlecoff. It's great to have you. I said son of a gun because uh feels a little early. If you got the kids in the car, uh, as somebody texted me the other day, listen to 20 minutes of the show, had to change it, picking up the boys from school. So, uh, uh, earmuffs, kids, earmuffs. earmuffs. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have you if you're watching. On how your- did, how did people drive around and listen to Howard Stern in New York back in like 1993? Yeah. Cause Howard didn't drop F-bombs, but it was worse. Like it was like insane stuff, right? Way worse. Porn I mean, women, doing, yeah. Having orgasms. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, Maybe just the cabbies. Maybe that's who listened. It was just all the cabbies. I highly uh, recommend the Uber show on Netflix. It's pretty entertaining. The Uber show? Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I don't know the exact, not a, it's not a biopic. It's like, uh, you, you know, the We Work with, uh, what's his name? Yep. Did you ever watch that one? Yep. Not Johnny Depp, but you know the guy. Yep. Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared. It, it, it's that version of Uber. You know, like that, whatever like that a mini, version a is. mini series. It's not a documentary. A mini series. Like a- yeah, no, because it's clearly like, were these guys really acting like this? It's you, yeah. you think that a lot. Like, no way this is really what is going on. Like Sergey and the other guy that run Google, you're like, they, they really act like that. Man, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they do. Uh, if you're on YouTube, like the like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Share it with your friends. Five stars, Apple Podcasts. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's. Handmade vodka tito's handmade vodka john i i'd like to give a tito's toast today to joe brady who for the second time in his career has just stumbled into a superstar quarterback first it was at lsu with joe burrow and now he's josh allen's offensive coordinator after ken dorsey did not feel like watching that game it was all ken dorsey's fault his boy josh allen threw a lot of picks questionable decisions on monday night football but uh, Joe Brady takes over the Bills in need of a savior. A Tito's to Joe Brady. Good luck, bud. This is your shot. Again, your next shot. I went on Gottlieb's show. He's like, what do you think about Brian Dayball going back to the Bills? I said, well, if this was college football, Brian Dayball would be the next coach of the Bills, right? He would leave the Giants and go to the Bills to go coach Josh Allen, right? Because if you just yeah. viewed it in terms of franchises. You're saying Dayball would get fired? In college. I'm saying I'm saying Dayball would just leave the New York Giants and go coach the Buffalo Bills. Be the head coach. Yeah, be the head coach. Oh, yeah, like head at coach. the end of the year, they would yeah. fire Sean McDermott and Brian Dayball would leave his post and go. Problem is in the pros, that doesn't happen. 
And even if you were John Mara and a little mad at him this year, you would never let the guy that even had a moment go to the other franchise. You wouldn't even trade him for a first round pick because then no. you got to find a new. But that would be a lot cooler in pro sports if that happened a little more. Yeah, location doesn't matter in pro sports, right? No, because coaches would leave all the time. Like, I don't got a quarterback. I'll just go back and coach my guy. <laughs> right? He would leave in a heartbeat. Yeah. So uh, I, I think Joe Brady is gonna gonna be uh, short lived. Uh, I got an idea for uh, well, uh, Tito's handmade vodka. Before I give you my idea for Bill's offensive coordinator, I, 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 I got I got a toast, got a toast? To, okay. to everyone else on the Warriors besides Steph Curry. No one else scored twenty points in a game this year. How's that? <laughs> They're paying, I mean, countless guys twenty five, thirty, thirty five million dollars. It'd be one thing if this is a little engine that could. If I'm Joe Lacob. I am paying so much fucking money for all these guys. We can't have one guy in one game score 20 points with Steph, Steph Curry. It, this is not going to last forever. Like, well, it's about to end because Steph's hurt. So someone's going to score 20. I, I know, but I just mean in terms of this guy at this level who's like, yeah, I'm top two or three player in the league, like dominant at any moment. Well, they found I'm the guy, as good John. As anybody else. Who? Jordan Poole. Turns out they all hated him. Yeah, it turns out he stinks too. Have you seen more Washington Wizards highlights in the last two weeks than in the last 10 years? I have. It's all just no. Jordan Poole shit, and it's really funny. Somebody filmed him in the huddle the other day. Did you see that video? Mm-mm. Video of Jordan Poole in the huddle, ignoring the huddle, slamming towels down. Then the huddle ends, and he doesn't know the play. So he's like trying to like cram the play off the whiteboard, and he doesn't know the play. One of the guys who's not even dressed out for the game like, is like, hey, man, pay attention. And Jordan's like blows him off like I got this, but then doesn't know the play once it's time to actually walk back on the floor. Quite a scene. <laughs> I like that, John. What a, what a loser. Uh, Tito's handmade vodka. However you like to drink, maybe Tito's and water and a little lemon. That's a clean way to do it. Tito's and uh, 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 lemonade and iced tea, maybe. Tito's and ginger beer distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsible. We need to clear something up because uh, as people <laughs> as people boots on the ground, you have an apology to issue, and, and just people in general were wondering if the 49ers star fullback, yep, may have stole a touchdown and shattered the dreams of a record that probably would have been different than Cal Ripken's record, but very similar. It was never no one's scoring 17 straight games with a touchdown. Going to be very very difficult to do. Running backs don't even really exist anymore. Wide receivers, it's, you're too dependent. No wide receiver has 15 straight games with a touchdown, even if you score 20 in a season. Uh, but sources say that Kyle Juszczyk, look at Kyle, on the drive that he ended up scoring on and said, we have to get Christian McCaffrey a touchdown. Yeah. Also, it would have been impossible for him to fall at the one, though sources say he would not have fallen at the one. He would have scored, but he was kind of in the end zone. He okay. had to score. And also deserves credit for volunteering slash accepting going back in on a drive that a pro bowler that is has nothing to do with the record shouldn't necessarily have to do, but mm-hmm. did it gladly to yep. try to help the team and help his fellow brother. Uh-huh. And twenty-one career touchdowns, not sixteen. Oh, did you did you just happen to look up twenty-one, not sixteen, John? Just rushing look that up. Rushing counts. You always got to look, you know, with the hybrid yeah. players. Rushing so that was his 21st catch. touchdown. I said it was his 16th because I said he shouldn't have gone down for McCaffrey. He's average. You, you don't, this is only a 16th touchdown. And you, what? You just went and looked at footballreference.com to find out it was his 21st. 
Some people might say if you know you're in the NFL and those are your touchdowns, you take pride in the number right. when you're not a Jerry Rice or a Terrell Owens and your touchdown number is really big, right? And and I would imagine Jerry Rice, as a lot of people that played with him said he always knew his touchdown number, don't remember. Right, so right. just because his numbers might have been 20 a season and however many for his career. Uh when, if your number, I would say if you're a long-time, several-time Pro Bowler, I, I think you probably know your touchdown number no matter what, whether you're an all-time Chris Carter or whether you're like Lorenzo Neal. Like, yeah, I scored seven touchdowns in the NFL. Whether you played for two years or whether you played for 15, you probably know that as an offensive skill. Yeah, guy. yeah. I, I I saw this video that Jerry Rice did with his son, uh, Brandon Rice. They were doing a oh. Breathe Right campaign. The strips? They, yeah, yeah. And they did like a Q&A. Where where Jerry quizzes Brendan on his career, Jerry I know doesn't need the cards like he knows everything. I don't know what's what's Jerry's final touchdown number. You think? I would guess one eighty seven. Well, shit, he played for till he was forty five. So, and I'm pretty sure he had some numbers even in the late eighties, early nineties, like some twenty years. Yeah, one. I'll go one eighty three. Okay, honestly, it could be in the twos. Uh, 197 receiving plus 10. Good thing, juice. I mean, a source made sure we look at rushing touchdowns. So, what's that? 207 for Jerry? That's not, regular season. That doesn't count playoffs. Hold on. But you only, but your, your record as a player is, is regular, regular season, right? I know, but he's got, yeah, it is 22 more in the postseason, which to me should count. Like your postseason. Should, fucking touchdowns for touchdowns i can't i can't imagine there's any player in nfl history with more touchdowns right catching i think it's got to be the right yeah i think it is didn't play as long no no at at, at his height right some of those and you know wasn't his fault and listen down times for the raiders are back now five and five had some rough remember jim McElwain said He'd call some routes over the middle, and Randy says, you know, I don't run on the dirt. He's like, well, the route goes over the dirt. He's like, well, Randy Moss doesn't go that way, so I don't mm-hmm. know why you're fucking calling the route. Mm-hmm. Uh, an all-time great Jim McElwain story. Who's I, If I'm him and I get called into the thing on Friday, I might bring that up before I start getting peppered <laughs> by everybody. Just tell a good story to break the ice. Harbaugh feels pretty adamant that he's got uh, history on his side. America's right? team, John. America's team. So anyway, good to know. Um, I had an interaction with a source as well, John, and that source said that uh, Juice might have listened to the podcast for the first time in three weeks uh, on uh, on Monday morning, so or Sunday night, whatever it was. So uh, glad to get that number corrected. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example why you take pride in it. Marcel Reese, good guy, was you know several time Pro Bowler for the Raiders. Good, good, versatile player, right? Yeah, fullback. Yeah. I, I would say much more, and this. This is not fair because Juice is their blocking fullback as well. I, I would say much different than the old school, like Lorenzo Neal mold. You mm-hmm. would say like pass catching hybrid. I'm pretty sure at uh, at Washington, he was like a pass catching guy. That was part of his deal. They kind of yeah. created him one in the NFL. Do you know how many career touchdowns Marcel Reese has? Oh, God, I mean, you make me think he's got like six. Okay, never mind. I was looking at his rushing. He, he has 12 were the 16 for juice catching or rushing? Do you remember? Uh, must have been, must have been catching. Yeah, actually, probably is catching. I think they show receiving first. Let me look. Okay, because that's a Marcel Reese has 15 total. So they're in how many yeah. years? 
Uh, looks like one, two, three, four, five. It, I, I, I saw the number three, so it, my arguments pretend that never happened. <laughs> so he, he, no, he actually, if, if he would have played for a long time, he, you know, he was, he's truly more of a pass catching back. Like, what would you think Lorenzo Neal 20 years touchdowns? I mean, the problem was he probably could have punched in 10 a year if they'd let him, but he was blocking for somebody else. Yeah, no chance. I bet 12, not even probably. I don't remember them giving him the ball much. Hey, Lorenzo's uh, Lorenzo has six career touchdowns. That is way too low. <laughs> Do you, what's I mean, yard for carry? Uh, 3.6. Do you know how many career yards? Leonard O'Neill came into the NFL in, 2000, in 1993. He left the NFL in 08. Okay. <laughs> so he had a long career. How many career yards over that span of time did Low Neal, former dog, have? Thousand? Eight hundred and seven. <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit, man. You just didn't get like you just didn't. And no. the guys he was blocking for was like, well, why wouldn't I give it to LT or Eddie George? Yeah. Can I can I say something speaking of Fresno State? Uh no, no, I don't know how I know you were around him, knew him. I, when I got to Fresno State, De- Devin Wiley, a guy that played at Fresno State, was a really good player, got drafted in the fourth round. Uh, and honestly would have got drafted higher if he hadn't been injured a lot. I guess, you know, I didn't, I guess, I mean, passed away, died, would have probably been Monday. Uh, the outpouring from all the players, is, you know, that played with them, people with the program. I spent two years around them, and I was thinking a lot about the Fresno State teams that I was around with a lot of guys that played in the NFL from Ryan Matthews to Wiley to Carr to Ajir Tutu to just a lot of guys. And I was thinking, like, I don't think we really had any bad. Like, these guys were really just nice, good going. Everyone liked them. And Devin Wiley was, like, universally just a nice, easy going, liked by everybody. Like, friends with the soccer coach. Uh, just awful news from the Fresno State football community. Yeah. I uh, I went back and watched some of his highlights today. It was well said. I did. I covered him. And... uh I remember very well they were going to a bowl game one year. Derek was the quarterback. And we were doing like we would do shows from the wherever it was, New Mexico usually. And um, I did an interview on the radio with him and Derek together. And they were really good friends. Maybe it was right before they hopped on the bus to head to the airport. They were good friends. And uh, for a few years after when I would see Derek at the Raiders or whatever, uh, when you and I would go to do things in Napa, he would always joke like any interview I do with you will be better than the one that me and Devin did because Devin Wiley had him laughing so much that it was an awful, like the joke was it was a terrible interview because Devin spent the whole time just making jokes, making Derek laugh. And in yeah. truth, it was like funny because, but uh, I saw his photo today and it's just, uh, he, um, I just remember, you saw you were around him more than me. I just remember him smiling all the time. Had a great smile, and uh, was an electric player. Brought a lot of people I mean, joy. Yeah, I, I'm talking one of the best white guy athletes I've ever been around. I mean, was, was the Fresno State version of like a Christian McCaffrey. Now he got hurt a lot in college. Yeah. If he had been able to, he got hurt a lot in college and still got drafted in the fourth round. To me, he was a guy. If he could have stayed healthy, he was just tightly wound. He was so fast. He was so fast. You know, it's funny. I thought of him like 
four or five months ago because I was watching this Shane Gillis stand up. Shane is hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he does this bit. And the, one of the parts of the bit he is like, anytime you, he sees a white guy catch the ball in football, he's like, oh, go, 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 go. It's like, <laughs> oh, they got him. And fundamental run, solid run, scrappy run. And uh, I thought of Devin. <laughs> I don't know why, but I did. So very sad, very sad. And I've oh. seen a lot of people, a lot of Bulldogs in, our, in my timeline reacting. Um, yeah. Sacramento guy. Sacramento guy. That's right. I texted with a few people in Fresno. I know you did too. And a lot of people are heartbroken by it, but um, go watch a highlight. Dude was electric. Well said. Yeah. Glad you saw Dogs could have used them last week when they were getting the crap kicked into by San Jose State. Holy cannoli. I know. Mountain West got a race now. What's that? Uh, Was it called the hammer or the screwdriver? Is that Hawaii? Hawaii is the golden screwdriver. San Jose something? Yeah, it's it's like a V. I think they play for like a V trophy. The Silicon Valley against the the Farming Valley? A little bit. Something like that. They play for a milk can against uh, Boise. They play for an oil can against San Diego State. I think that's That's kind of cool. I mean, the Big Ten does a lot of that. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. The milk can, the oil can. The Big Ten does some stuff. You know, they play for like a sledgehammer or whatever, like Minnesota plays Michigan or whatever. Oh, uh, what's the, the boot? They play for the boot. Yeah, or Wisconsin against Minnesota. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good ones. After you just watched a 12-7 game. <laughs> Did you send me or somebody sent me last night? It was a, it was a picture of Iowa and SC, and it, somebody tweeted it. It was Peter Burns from ESPN. He tweeted a picture of Iowa and SC and said these two should play each other to make them each feel better about themselves. Iowa would score points. SC would get stops, I guess. I don't know. But, Iowa is, I mean, going to go 10-2. and two. Like, they're going to have their crazy. season, look, while looks ugly, the results. Uh, really quick, I truly believe this. I, I think, and I don't know the buyout for Lincoln, and it, it, I don't think he could leave, but I don't think it's going to work. Not because he's a bad coach. I, I, I tr- I've always believed this, and it's coming true with him. I do think your geographical birthplace and the wiring in you really impacts how you coach in college football. When you think about most of the great college coaches for us on the West Coast have all been born and raised on the West Coast, from Pete Carroll to Jeff Tedford to Chris Peterson, Pat Hill. They're just West Coast guys, right? That's Jonathan Smith right now. A lot of them, it just – there's something in the culture. No different than the South. Kirby Smart. In theory, Jimbo should have worked. I mean, he did. He's won a national championship in Florida. Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, born and raised. His dad owned a gas station in West Virginia. The Northeast. Urban is a rare kind of outlier, right? When I when – I, Florida State, Bobby Bowden, Clemson, Dabo Sweeney. Like, there's just something in the culture, who you are. It's why Urban actually fit perfectly once he went to Ohio State. Uh, Kyle Whittingham, West Coast guy, Utah. Chip Kelly, LSU. I mean, uh, Brian Kelly, LSU. <laughs> it doesn't. And it's just, now he might be good enough, have some yeah, Urban Meyer, and their program will do so much. Like, he's just a better coach than Jimbo. I know he's never won. I, I just don't know. I, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult for Lincoln. And I just think the personality of the place, like Chip mailed it in years ago, but like Lincoln's trying and I, I do think he cares about recruiting, but I, I just think he makes more sense 
And I know he wanted to leave Oklahoma, but he made more sense at Oklahoma. He makes more sense at Texas or Texas A&M than he does at USC. I, I just don't – I just – I think he's more likely to be somewhere else in a couple of years. And, again, I don't know all the financials and the buyout. I, if you could do trades like you could in the NFL, like I think he makes this a lot more sense at an a, at, that way than he does out here. I just don't think it's going to work at the level in which – You're saying winning work. championships. And I even mean being a team that you feel like, this is like a top five team. Yeah. You know, like, because he might, he might be able to make the playoffs. I'm telling you, you were doing a game, and Rosillo tweeted this during the game when I was watching Oregon. Because the game was, the score wasn't reflective of what you were watching. And he was like, I can't believe, I I might be screwing up his tweet a little bit, but like, I can't believe this is actually what USC currently is. Like, this, Mm. this can't be two years in with Caleb. They can't be this bad. Because the, I, like the gap between Oregon and that team, it was crazy. It was like you remove Caleb. This is this is stupid. Like he's basically your LeBron James or Steph Curry just giving you a fighting chance without him. And who knows? Next year, even if they have a good quarterback, what if he's a third rounder? Your team, the, how physical they are. And I also believe like he's a he's a Mike Leach guy. Like that's who who he spent eight years around. So that has a huge impact on the way. They practice and stuff. Even if he runs, his plays are different. I think there's a softness to like, and I know they haven't been good for a while, but if you're a 40-year-old guy, you know exactly what Pete's team looked like. It was fucking Cushing and Maluga and guys getting crushed. I wonder too if like on the West Coast in particular, because it's just there are less bodies that are elite defensive line bodies on the West Coast. Like you really got to find them and you really got to be invested in developing them that a defensive coach might make more sense because they're more willing to like Dan Lanning is working at Oregon and the team is reflective of like what he thinks the team is supposed to look like. Right. I had a coach tell me yesterday cause the A&M thing was coming up and I was like, what do you think? Like Lanning wouldn't leave Oregon for A&M. Right. And he's like, his response was Lanning's waiting for Saban to retire, but you could throw George in the mix. But other than those two jobs, like he's got no reason to leave Oregon because it's working. He's an outlier. He's got a better job, job yeah. than A&M. Yeah. But I'm just saying like, he he is an outlier as a West Coast. Deep, that's what Pete was. Was a West. Look at look at Pete in the NFL. He's continued to coach the way that he coached in college in terms of identity of his team, right? But you but you can. This is what Pete did, even though it was 15, 20 years ago. Brian Cushing's from New Jersey. Like you can get sweet defensive players from other states. No different. Nick Saban. Where's Bryce Young from? Or where's Najee Harris from? Like I, I just don't know if Lincoln will. And that guy will come. I'm saying they don't fall in your lap the way they do in other parts of the country. I'm saying if you're on the West Coast, you have to really want to emphasize defense. I agree, but Pete, but Pete worked at that. Like he he made an effort. Yeah, Pete did it. I'm saying it's working for Dan Lanning too. That's that's my point. Like if Dan Lanning were an OC, I don't know if his his defense wouldn't be as good, right? If you were an offensive player, 100. And listen, Mario can't coach at the highest level. He's he's probably not terrible. But he like his recruiting was a, an A plus level guy. Same thing, right? Even though he's an offensive guy, he's an offensive lineman. He cares about physicality. It felt like they nationally recruited defense. L- Lanning inherited a better job than Lincoln, right? Did yeah. But like That's it's clear, you just. But he's recruiting defensively different than him, and I think everyone questions like, well, who's Lincoln even know? Right, who's he going to hire as defensive? Landing, even if he siphons through defense, he ultimately that's his baby, right? Kirby, like that's right. his baby. Now he might have, I don't know who Landing's defensive coordinator. Kirby has Mustache. Yeah, well, say what you want about Tosh, Tedford, Saban, like as knows how to recruit. 
Remember in the peak of Tedford, wasn't like this Tosh Lou boy, man. I don't know oh, how yeah. many bags he's giving out, but he's fucking yep. doing something. Yep. So yep. I no, I I think you're onto something. I I was gonna add if Jimbo would be willing to go to the NFL to be a coordinator, Jimbo could say Jimbo could Josh Allen and Jimbo Fisher, John, would be fucking incredible. But I think the knock on Jimbo is he's actually not a great coordinator anymore. Like his, yeah, his I, I had I, the, the coach I was texting with yesterday was like, all he said this. He's like, all I know is this. If I, I know, I know it hasn't gone well. But if I were in the SEC, I'd be happy Jimbo's gone. Now maybe that's more a recruiting comment than it is an offense comment. But he seemed to think Jimbo can still coach offense. Now he hasn't done it. They took it from him at A and M, right? But unlikely. So rich though, you never just go go. You know, is he, and we know he's not going to go work with Saban. A lot of people think he might retire. Do what? You're not. You're just. He's fifty. He's not that old. No. Yeah. You can't I, go I out know. like that, can you? But no bit. No. Ju- he's used to Florida State and AM now. What's he going to do? Go coach Liberty? Uh, I mean, you can go do it for a year or two, and then be back right back real fast. I think. I think it's hard to shake that. North Carolina. He got a lot of years. I know. I think North Carolina's kind of sniffed it these last couple years and kind of likes it. I bet they, when Mac retires, they try a little harder. Don't you think? Yeah. I I also think people would like if 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 you're the hiring AD at the new place, you'd be like, well, AM is kind of nuts. They think they're going to hire Dan Campbell. Like they're just kind of crazy there, right? Like they're a little off their rocker. Maybe we give you a stable environment, help you out a little bit. I'll give them what he's never taking that job. I'll give you a little bit of a pass for throwing it. If he had not been, if he had been like a Texas grad, be like, well, he's from Texas. I think that's like, you guys are idiots. Right. When Mike's an alumni thrown out for SC, but he's not an SC guy. Exactly. If Mike Tomlin had been a USC guy, that's less crazy. Right. And I don't think he gets as aggressive. He has no connection there. It's like, why? Just because I'm cool. Because I'd be like, I'd look sweet in SC gear. But if Mike Tomlin had been a USC alumni, more than likely his response was not as crazy as it was. Totally. What what was his response? I forget his exact quote, but it, it was, was incredible. Um, yeah. Uh not now, not never or something. Yeah, it was just he I don't I don't remember exactly either, but he was very disrespected, is how it, it came across. Yeah. He thought it was because he started dropping like Andy Reid and but like if BYU had an opening, they're not big enough. You know, Andy would have had to coach at like Texas. Right, for it to be like considered. Yeah. By the way, I and mean, we got to get some minor stuff, but yours is they say is coming back to school. Where's Arch going? Arch going to stick around for another year at Texas? Beat him out. Well, just because you're coming back to school doesn't mean you're coming back there. That's right. That's true. But he, but he's already transferred, correct? He already transferred. But if you graduate, you can transfer again. I don't know what his uh, how was great how his academics are, but if you graduate, the- you can you can immediately transfer. A second time as a graduate transfer. So you basically have multiple pitches. Once you yeah. you know, you can transfer the one time and then it's a graduate transfer, you get the one year. Because I yeah. saw the reason you can't even bring Dion up in this cycle, because his guys have already thrown their pitch, right? Yeah, All I mean, unless it's, unless it doesn't seem like Shiloh, given that they took him six months to get him to Colorado. Uh I mean, if in theory, Shador, if he graduates, he could go go with Dion immediately. Uh, or you could apply for a waiver, which maybe the NCAA would grant the waiver if it's like your dad. But you leave Travis Hunter high and dry. Take Travis too. But how does he? He can't transfer. Graduate. He's been in school two years. 
Yeah, I mean, it can be done. Yeah, to me, a and can get him a G a quick graduation, not GED, but you you think those guys? I I, I don't think it's possible. For no, them no, I, I think it's very incredible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to graduate or you have to get a waiver, and the NCAA is pretty stingy on those waivers for second time transfers. I think every I, I don't think you're going to see his name that now. Granted, they haven't won a game what since two months, but uh, I, I don't you imagine his name is much more out there next year when it's like these guys are going to go to the NFL and it's like yeah. he's available. And maybe if his team, you know, they play Washington State on Friday night. Colorado Wazoo is Friday. They night. have not won in a long time, correct? No, they have to win out uh, to go to a bowl. They got four wins, They're four and six. Yeah. yeah, they got to win the next two games to go to a bowl. But let's just say they win five, and then next year they roll it back and win seven or eight. Like that is people are going to mock it to some degree, but that's really impressive. They come back win eight games or seven games next year. First year in the Big Twelve, though. I, I followed it on my phone. I didn't watch any of it beside a couple highlights. It did look a pretty incredibly entertaining game with them in Arizona. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> get to see a lot of it either. Arizona won on a walk-off field goal. Arizona was up. Colorado came back. Colorado only plays in incredible games. So yeah. uh, you can't Ooh. deny they're competitive. But Pretty unreal little stretch here for Jed Fish. Howie Roseman's yeah. college roommate. It, it really is. They play, uh, they play uh, Utah this week. I think everything comes to a screeching halt for them because Utah's lost a couple games and yeah. they're, they're going to, they don't just tap out. It's not really their MO. No, <laughs> they almost beat Washington last week. That would have been, can you imagine if they beat Washington last week? Well, when they blocked that field goal, they are impressive. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. Plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, all right, I got a, let's, get, let's hit a few Niners takes here, John. Um, this week they play the Bucks. I was looking at some uh, stats this morning. The Bucks' best down is they're bad on first down. They're a little less bad on second down, and they're less less bad on third down. I expect that to come to a screeching halt this week against uh, if they're in third down and long situations against this 49ers defense. And the question is, if recent history is any indication, are the 49ers about to flip the switch again, or was this the beginning of them flipping the switch and looking like the best team in the NFC as they looked up until their three-game losing streak? In 2022, last year, as we know, they started three and five. Then they beat the Rams by 17, blowout win, hit their bye, won nine more consecutive games to finish the season on a 10-game winning streak. The year before, 2021, they started three and five. They beat the Rams by 21. They hit their bye and won six of their last eight, finished having won seven of their last nine. I guess their bye was earlier. Take out the bye. But after they went three and five, they blew a team out and then uh, won seven of nine. So they've been bad, blew somebody out, won seven of nine, been bad, blew somebody out, won 10 in a row. Here they are. They've been bad. They won 31 to nothing. Are they about to go on the run? And I think the answer is yes. I think Bosa gave a quote kind of during the bye or right after the Cincy game that was basically like, you know, we weren't feeling ourselves necessarily, but we were kind of just maybe we let our guard down a little bit. Those aren't his words. That was just the interpretation of what he said. This team does really well once they've been humbled <laughs> and they got humbled. And I think now that they've found it again, I don't think they're giving it up. I don't think they're giving it back. You know what's crazy about Tampa? I, I've, for some reason, watched a decent amount of them. I think they stink. They are four and five. Now they started three and one, and then they lost four straight games. And one of those games was that incredible last second drive by CJ Shroud two weeks ago. So, I mean, it, it's not inconceivable that they would be five and four. And they're definitely still alive for the South because it is atrocious. <laughs> that division is not good. I actually watched, I saw the highlight because I saw Derek had a concussion in the shoulder, but the shoulder's fine. Did you see the play that he got KO'd on? He got I did. rushed. He got low. destroyed. If you said he got concussed and broke his leg on the same play, you'd believe it, right? He got, that's, I mean, that's as hard of a hit as you're going to have on a quarterback. But I think Tampa's not any good. And we talked about this with Cousins. And if they ever play Jared Goff, now Jared Goff's a little harder because their offensive line is really good but they annihilate quarterbacks that can't really move. Now, Baker kind of feels like he thinks he can move, but against the 49ers, we saw it last year. Now, this guy, I would say this. I give him a lot of respect. He's resurrected his little operation a little bit because, I I mean, last year it was pretty ugly. I mean, he's, he's been respectable. I, I at least think he's developed like I'm going to be a backup in the league for a while, but you got to beat this fucking team. Like Todd Bowles, I mean, part of the reason they lost that game to Houston, I, I, I remember watching on the stretch, like Todd Bowles is an elite defensive coordinator. If Todd Bowles is ever available, he's a 4-3 defensive coordinator. Kyle should fire Wilkes, bring that guy in. But as a head coach, you always are never as good as the defensive coordinator as you were when you're the head coach. And to me, this is Kyle, you light him up on offense, and I, I have a hard time seeing their offense with Baker Mayfield 
I, I just have a hard time seeing Baker Mayfield throw multiple touchdowns against them. I, I, I think this is an awful matchup for the Bucs. But listen, the Bucs might end up being a 7-10 and 10 team against a 12-13 win team, so of course. But I just mean the actual matchup. You know, like the matchup against right. the Texans. The Texans aren't nearly as talented, and they easily could have won that game. The Texans might end up winning 10 games. This is a bad matchup for them. Uh, and I just I, I don't like anything about Tampa. <laughs> uh, beside, I mean, some of their older players, but I, I have a hard time. And I actually think like Charvarius White, or excuse me, Charvarius Ward, against Mike Evans. I like that better than sometimes when he gets on these little quicker guys. I, I just think that he matches up better against that player than he does against hell, even like Jordan Addison, you know, a smaller, quicker, like, mm. you know, could, could he cover Waddle all day long? That'd be a tough cover for him, but right. just Mike Evans, a Deandre Hopkins. I think this is tough. I mean, I've not trying to, that's probably still a tough matchup, <laughs> but yeah, in theory it should be, you, you did, I'd rather have him follow him than and kind of attack Devontae Smith with a couple guys, but you really like Lenore and Devontae Smith. I guess. Well, Ambry can run, <laughs> right, in theory. Yeah, I have a couple of those guys. So to, to me, the Niners, like this is – you're not going to have the 34 to threes or the 43, whatever the fuck the final score was, but this should be a game where you feel just completely like the Niners outclass him. Like yeah. There's just no excuse. Line's 11 and a half. That feels pretty big. Right, I mean, this seems four and five. I know that just the problem is like that's just what the 49ers just won by thirty-one points on the road against Jacksonville, right? Yeah, they're forty-five, John. They're they are. Uh, let's see, their point differential is plus five, so it's well, about it lines up. Well, think about this. This this game's this game's not in Tampa, right? Where's this game? No home game for the Niners. Well, part of the reason that line against the Jags. The Niners coming off three straight losses. They were six and two were favored by three points, but it's like, we can't make them a seven point favor. They've just been losing. Right. So if the Niners had just been playing normally and had been, instead of being whatever they were five and three coming into that game were seven and one, is that a seven point spread? So you could argue, and that's on the road against a playoff team. This yeah, is at home. at home. You could argue this line might be, should be closer to like 13. You can't hand out 11 and a half point covers. It just doesn't work like that. But I just, the way they're playing right now and the team they're playing, I I do think they've totally got it back. The Steve Wilkes thing, whatever you think about it, maybe it was Chase Young. I do think there were just some real positive interactions when you see some of the clips on Wilkes on the sideline. Like he belong, he knows how to belong on an NFL sideline, right? He's not some guy that they just brought down to the sideline who's a pencil pusher his whole career. Like, he belongs. He knows how to belong on an NFL sideline. But for, uh, Fred did say, he's like, well, he's been up there his whole career when he calls the defense. So it, it is a pretty big transition. I like, checked. He was on the to. field at Missouri at least for three weeks based on the game notes. They stopped. I went to the game notes. They listed him as field, and then it stopped listing it after week four. It made me wonder if they moved him to the booth because they stopped listing he- so when you look at a college box score, same thing with the NFL, you can tell what the coordinator is? Not box score, their game notes. Oh. Their game notes will list where everybody is. Usually it's just to help like the TV cameras find people because you don't always get a shot of guys. Now most bo- now in you know in the NFL, you don't need it because you just have a camera in the booth. You don't need to know necessarily. But they'll have like they'll have like a head. Does that include all the assistants, non-coordinators too? Usually, yeah, it'll it'll include wow. all the full-time assistants. And usually, like I, when, like TV directors, when I'm in these meetings, they'll always, if it's not listed, they'll ask the coach, like, are you in the booth or on the field? Because they want to look for them. They want to show them. They want to know where to look. 
So the first three weeks, it said boot, it said field, 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 and then it stopped listing it after that. So I don't know what happened. I need, I need, I don't have any Missouri. Well, they weren't, they weren't good, and he was one and done, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, I just think I do think they they are. I do like we asked. The, I think they're back. <laughs> like I think they're back, and I think that Brock played the way that he played, given how bad he he was in crunch time before that. They got Debo. The good news for them on Trent was right. Trent played the game, had no setbacks, is continuing to get healthier. Now McKivitz might be out. So, but they got to deal with that. It feels like every year they're dealing with some version of that. They got Feliciano. Um, they can handle one non-Trent O-line injury. They're 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 good enough to handle that. So I just I think they found it. And I think it's on. And now Tampa, Seattle, Philly, Seattle, the next four. But I, but I will say, like, I remember last year during the offseason, Kyle goes, when you look back, you're kind of kicking yourself. When we blew so-and-so game, the Bears game or the Bronco game, that cost us home field advantage. Yeah. And that, that three-game losing streak, like, the Eagles, them pulling out some of those games where they play like shit, they get a little – they can lose the fucking – they split the next two games, you're fine, right? You look at the every time you pull up the the Lions schedule. I, I think Dan Campbell is in the complete driver's seat to be the coach of the year, just based on their what their record's gonna be and the team he's coaching. It's yeah. like the Detroit Lions win 13 games, he's getting the award. D'Amico can make the playoffs. Dan Campbell, 13 plus games, Detroit Lions, a one or two seed in the NFC. If he has a better seed than either the Eagles or the Niners, you gotta give it to Dan Campbell. It's just it's a fact. And I, that's the to me. That's a big picture thing with the Niners. Is like the Lions play the Bears this week. You know how, how losing just not winning one of those three games is that going? Are you going to be the three seed? You might. I mean, you do play Philly head to head. So and honestly, going in the second round to Detroit isn't. I mean, there's a lot crazier two three matchups in the history of the league, but that's not an easy spot. Like you'd oh. rather get Jared Goff outside than indoors. He's a good. I would quarterback. I would much. I, all right. I don't. I'm not saying I'd rather play the Eagles if I'm the Niners. Would you rather play in that stadium though than in Ford Field this year? It's not. It's going to be hard for anything to be louder than what Ford Field is for the playoff games this year, just from a noise standpoint. So it's I'm going to be bananas. I, as someone who doesn't like, I'm not Lions championship team, but you got to respect like they can beat you, especially if they're the home team. They, they also would have and, a lot. And by of the way, John, on them. If you go six and two here. That's twelve wins. That's not getting you the two seed. That's definitely not getting you the one seed. Well, the thing is, if you're the three seed, you you know the two plays a seven, the three plays a six, so you're probably playing like a Seattle or the Minnesota Vikings. But you would much rather play Josh Jobs and the Minnesota Vikings at home than you would even Seattle. Like, I mean, it's just a team that's going to have a lot of confidence. The good thing about obviously, you know, the four is going to come from the south. That is going to be the Cowboys. That that is listen. Obviously, the Niners own the Cowboys. You want you don't want that to be your first round matchup, right? Like you, you want to see your team. No, no. no. So eventually, like what should happen, kind of what happened last year, but there were only three teams. This year, it feels like four. The final four in the NFC should be the Eagles, the Niners, the Lions, and the Cowboys, right? And that's how it's going to be. The betting lines will reflect that, you know, that first. The Cowboys will be favored on the road against anyone they play in the NFC South. The Niners will be huge favors against whoever they're hosting at two or three. And so the Lions, the Niners line will be bigger than the Lions line. 
I would imagine. Don't you think? Wait, Niners Lions. No, I'm saying the Niners line in the yeah. first round of the playoffs at home against Seattle or the Vikings yeah. will be bigger than the Lions against Seattle or the Vikings at home. Yeah, especially if they maybe, beat Seattle twice, it'll be like eight and a half. Yeah, maybe dramatically. And the and the Lions against the Vikings, even if they beat them twice, could still be like five or six. People are like, is we're really giving this team sevens first year in the playoffs? It'll be a lot of that. But again, that's big picture. But ultimately, all these games, like that's kind of what we're talking about now. Because if that's their high end, which we know with these guys back, it is about seeding. And th- they've already fucked up. They stubbed their toe way too early. Now, that three-game losing streak, it would have been fine to be 6-2 and two and right now be 7-2. and two. You'd be right there. Because like the Eagles beat the Chiefs and they play them. It's, it's all for the taking. The Lions at any moment are bound to lose some stupid game. But that third loss, like, well, you're more, you might blow a dumb game. Right, like that's you're not just immune to that over the next. Like I don't expect you to run the table and look at the schedule. They're gonna lose another game. They just are. Yeah, the question I think with them is, can they go seven and one? Can they go seven and one? Get to thirteen, beat Philly head to head, and then maybe have a shot at the one seed. Hope that Detroit tapers off a little, and someone KOs the Eagles in one of these games. Somebody beat you know Eagles are not Eagles are like Eagles are They're not inflammable like no. the Eagles could the Eagles could lose to the Chiefs maybe the Cowboys get them at home like the Eagles still got a couple losses in them I mean look I, I say what you want I know the Bills stock is at all time low right now but they do play like I've seen Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs before they can beat you even if they're not at a hundred percent so like that, they that play, game is in Philly yeah it's not looking good right now for Buffalo but. Sean McDermott is your next defensive coordinator. Here's what the Lions. I mean, obviously the, the Eagles and the Niners have a hard schedule, right? They just play a lot of good teams. I mean, the Niners haven't even listen. I don't think Seattle's like some world beater, but you still got to fucking play them twice. <laughs> One's on a short week next week, Thanksgiving. Uh, it's just, they, they still play the Ravens. They obviously play the Eagles. Like it's hard. It's not easy. Here, here's what the Lions are dealing with. Bears, Packers, both at home. Go play the Saints who... I don't know if you've watched them are not good. The Bears again, the uh, red hot Denver Broncos, but get them at home at Minnesota. They're one hard game. I mean, truly hard game where they're going to be the underdog at Dallas and then the Vikings again. And the Lions got a lot of wins in there. It, it, as long as, you know, they don't have some major yeah. injury. Just they clearly play hard the majority of the time. They ran into a buzzsaw. I would pencil the the Lions in right now for four losses. So I, I'd put them at 13 and four. So for you to go 13 and four, you get the one loss. Go right? Six and two down the stretch. Yes. Means they get to lose the Cowboy game in one random game. Hell, maybe they the Bears or Vikings upset them or whatever, right? Division games get weird. But like, I, I don't think the 49ers are just immune to maybe they're rolling. All of a sudden get little Kyler and all of a sudden he makes some plays against you. Some situation. Did you watch some of his highlights? Like he looked kind of just flying around again. I, I know. That's just one of those games where it's like you're so worried about the Eagles and like matching up against the Lions and seeding. All of a sudden you play them and you're down 10, 7 and a half. Like, what's going on here? They're kind of sleepwalking. The, I, every team has that. I mean, the Niners have another game like that in them where they're a heavy underdog or heavy favorite later. Like they, they don't get that this week, but that stretch in December where they play a shittier team that you're like, yeah, I could see them coming out slow. Kyle's freaking out on the sideline. I listened to uh, his, the, the OC, the Cardinals on with uh, Schrager today. Yeah. Classic, like almost, you know, like he's young. 
yeah, he's 35. Almost like could have been a could have done the you know finance thing. Decided to coach football, <laughs> Northeast. Uh, went to like coached. At, I couldn't even figure out his resume. It was all over. Like went, went to Yale to coach some football. Um, but he's like you know Kyler was when he was out like he was in the meetings asking questions, teaching guys like he was he was locked in. I wonder if the coaching change kind of just got him, kind of rattled his cage a little bit. He uh, really got shit on last year. Like if you if you yeah. have any maturity deep down and not all men grow at the same rate, I don't think it's inconceivable that they kind of like him. They're like, God, this guy's obviously think about the I say this all the time, like how many times someone tells you like this guy's a D-bag and then you meet him like, God, I kind of like that guy. It, it, it just because other people don't like someone and had bad experience doesn't mean the next person comes in and gets that. And I'm not saying he all of a sudden the guy's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, but what if honestly he's changed a little bit the rehab process maybe someone got to him and he's just realizes like bro you got a pretty good thing the owner wants you to be here you can be the starting quarterback here for a long time you're getting paid a lot of money you want to get traded to some other team like just try hard be a good guy like that they'll be inclined to keep you and here's the other thing they're going to end up winning some of those random like when they play teams like the falcons they're not going to be drafting as high if he plays and he's clearly playing yeah because they've only they're two and whatever they are eight right now they played the Texans this week. That's a sneaky game all of a sudden with Kyler. You know who Beck. I like in that game? Cardinals. Yeah, because What's I think number? every four at, in Houston. Which is a big deal for him, right? Isn't that a home game? Like that's where he became a legend in high school. Never lost a high school game. Yeah, it's like the reverse of uh who just played a game back or home? no, it was it no, it was it Dallas? I think it was Dallas. Sure, that's I'm saying that he. I'm saying that Kyler grew up in Dallas, not Houston, because I remember they played one year Dallas on Monday Night Football, and they put up the stat that he had never lost a high school game. <laughs> you imagine? I mean, they, like a, lot, a lot of people thought he was the greatest high school football player in the history. Like he was so unstoppable. Like you said, I mean, think how many guys that look like me that are even on out there for decent high school teams that are just like, what the fuck? Allen High School in the DFW area. In the Metroplex. Yeah. Uh, listen to this. So Mike Martz has been like on this on this Brock Purdy train. And uh, Bulldog, by the way. Bullard High School, his first job. Uh, played at Fresno State. Um, and uh, he went on with I, yesterday, or I guess the day before he did the thing on the 33rd team, comparing Brock to Montana from like a willing to stand in the pocket, takes hits, be calm, all that kind of stuff. He was the OC for the greatest show on turf. One of the great offenses, won a Super Bowl in St. Louis with the Rams. And uh, Lund asked him a question. John Lund, he said to him, when you were coaching the Rams, did people denigrate Kurt Warner because he was playing with great players around him the way they do with Brock? And this is what Mike Mart said. No, because really those guys hadn't emerged yet, actually. We just drafted Tory. Um, you know, so he was just getting started. Isaac hadn't played in two years. He'd sat in bench halftime uh, with pulled hamstrings. So, people, you know, Dick was kind of down on him a little bit. And, um, you know, Marshall, we got him in a trade for a second-round pick, so it wasn't like 
people were beating the drums about him either, you know. So, and of course, Orlando, it was going to be his second year. He had a great rookie year. So really, every everything kind of evolved together. Nobody was really established as a star at that point. Everybody kind of fed off each other. There's a there's a great sense of unselfishness in that team, much the same way that you see the 49ers, You know they they want him to get that touchdown for the record. And you know there's a great deal that that the bond exists between those two teams. I think that um, that really championship teams share. Orlando you feel like he's his biggest supporter? Like when you think of the bike, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that question, and the easiest thing to go on TV or just whoever, former player, former coach, be like, you know, let's pump the brakes. Yeah. Honestly, it's the same. I feel like Kurt Warner, they must know each other growing yeah. up, or but I feel like Mike Martz has been saying this now since last year, called him Joe Montana. No, I'm like Niner employee, like famous. Yeah, guy. not like to me when all due respect, I'm not saying like Orlovsky or J2 Sullivan don't do the work, but like young guy still making his career says that stuff. It comes off different than like older guy doesn't need it. Orlovsky said that Justin Fields was going to win this MVP this year. So, so, you know, he's not that long ago either. He's ESPN trying to get, to me, when old guy says it, like, because old guys don't, aren't known for like take, like, I mean, they have, they're plenty takes. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) They got a lot of takes. Well, like, like Marx thinks Field sucks, and he, he when, yeah. When old guys time. crown young guys before they've done a lot, like that's something. He thinks he sees it, and I would remember this. Like, he also not only did he f- do the Kurt Warner thing. Mark Bolger had a nice little run there with Mike Marx as well, right? So he had yeah. two guys kind of out of nowhere. Bol- uh, Bolger was from West Virginia. West Virginia, good pull. So uh, Warner was only second year in the league, the '99 Super Bowl team. Marshall Falk was same age as Christian McCaffrey, 27 years old. It was his sixth year. This is Christian seventh. Warner was also like 30 because he had been 28. Europe. He didn't bag groceries. <laughs> the, 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 the team with the, the barnstormers, the team with the goggles on the helmet. <laughs> Orlando Pace, future Hall of Fame tackle, third year. Isaac Bruce, future Hall of Famer, sixth year, but only went to his second Pro Bowl that year. Torrey Holt was a rookie. Yet Oz Akeem, who, if you remember, that team was really good in his, in his second year. So, like, they, when it's all said and done, were not the highest scoring offense of all time. Um, they were like, I'm looking right now, they're like 15th. But they had a nickname, The Greatest Show on Turf, because partly at the time, I mean, it was dominant, but also how how difficult it was to defend, how balanced it was. When you think about the great, the high, when you look at the highest scoring offenses, it's like, you know, Peyton Manning lighting it up with the Broncos. It's Brady and Moss, um, at least in the modern era, right? It's Mahomes. Like, these are blue chip it's rogers it's brady like these are blue chip dante culpepper kind of blue chip quarterbacks that's what made them as a prolific offense different actually uh just ahead of them in 2000 is the uh kyle shanahan falcons team so i do think there's kind of some greatest show on turf similarities with that with that team that did they they finish it off and won a super bowl i think the one similarity is they were better, right? In they won in '99 and then lost to Belichick a couple years later. But I think they would say they were better in 2001 when all those guys were kind of meshing in their prime. Mm. It's a little different, but like the 49ers are clearly better this year when healthy than they were last year. Because like every just the cohesion of like by 2001 
And remember that year was like the famous Belichick game plan where he just, they fucked everybody up at the line of scrimmage and Marshall Falk, they would just tackle him. Like when he'd like run wheel refs, they would just take him out. But no one else, I mean, would even have the capability of like installing that or whatever. I mean, Belichick, that kind of put them on the map and the rest is history with New England Patriots. But uh, I, I do think that they they got better over the next couple of years. Like th- their their offense was much more potent after they won the Super Bowl, just because that's kind of the nature of the beast. Like think about the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, the year that they really they're I guess those guys got injured, but that year they beat the Bills a couple years ago. Because I was talking with Gottlieb, he's like, you know, I think the Bills truly like unofficially ended the year that those that thirteen second two plays. Like that was really. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year because I think, you know, Mitchell Schwartz got hurt and their other tackle got hurt. But those guys were on a completely different level at the end, right? Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill. Like, they they could, like, speak each other without speaking. Because remember, that 13-play drive, they, like, looked at each other and they did one of these. And, like, they it was crazy. (laughs) And even the Bills were like, fuck, I don't even know what's going on. Now, this is not that long of a period of time. And you got all these guys under contract next year. That's where Ayuk in theory, if they could stay healthy, like they could be better the next couple years. That's why I was texting with somebody after they were getting the shit kicked out of them the last couple weeks when they were losing. It's like, I, you know, this isn't because was like moving Steve Wilkes down a panic move or whatever. And obviously they're trying to win the Super Bowl, but to me, their window because their quarterback makes $800,000 is really prolonged a couple more years. Like they do have this couple year period. Now there are other variables that factor in, but like McCaffrey, as long as Trent doesn't retire, like he's on the team next year. McCaffrey's on the team. Bosa's on the team. Kittle's on the team. Fred Warner's on the team. Greenlaw, if healthy, is on the team. Hufunga's on the team. Like all these guys are under contract on the team. Ayuk to me is the wild card, but and Ch- I guess but Chase Young's only played one game, but like their core guys on offense, it's really just Brandon. You I don't want to put Chase Young in the core right now, don't you? Well, went you well. know, I, I really like Brandon Ayuk, but if I if you just told me they're both going to be healthy over the next three years, you just have to have a football philosophy. Like I, I got to say adios to Brandon, and I, it's nothing like I I would be a huge Brandon. I hope that they would trade him to a good team, and I'd love to watch him kill it. And I think he would. Like he's going to be he'd be an awesome player if you got a good quarterback. But I think if it comes to something like that, and I think as McKivitz gets injured, as Trent ages, like it's got to be on the forefront of their mind. Like, how do we get another sweet tackle? And that, that, that might be the end of Brandon, right? Yep. Where they just, they need their pick, which is going to be late twenties, ideally like 30, 31, 32 and trade Brandon for pick something 23, 24, hopefully. And then package those picks to get to like 12 to take a left tackle. Like I could see them doing that. And that guy plays right tackle for a year and then moves over when Trent that's, I mean, this is way down the road, but that's type shit Andy Reid had to do, right? They're like, God, we don't want to trade Tyreek Hill. We're not trading up. Sometimes you trade a player. That's a good example. Now, he's he was way, like he was a Hall of Famer borderline when they traded him. But you think the Chiefs are like, yeah, he's just going to suck. Like, we know how good this guy is. But we need to, like, our defense stinks. We're going to use this pick on McDuffie and Korlovskis and draft all these defensive guys, and we need his money. Like that's part of it, right? Part of it is like Ayuk's going to get $22 million a year. And think how different they are now than in other Shanahan iterations, right? Where the running back is the one that is just a revolving door. Well, now his running back's expensive, right? Kyle kind of historically has liked having sweet receivers 
And then running backs, he'll just plug and play those guys. Well, he doesn't have a plug and play running back anymore. He's got an expensive, an excellent running back. So some who's also young, yeah. right? Younger. Yeah. yeah. Not miles young, running back, but yeah, a lot of miles. But you know, the other thing, but um, don't you think they'll look at him like Christian's part of this couple year window with Purdy on this rookie contract, like this year, next year, and probably his fourth year? Like I yeah. I don't think the 49ers are rushing to pay Purdy, even if he were to win a Super Bowl and go to a Pro Bowl. Like they're letting the four years play out would be my guess. Yeah. Or they try to get him on a team friendly on a Kaepernick deal. But what quarterback agent ever allows you to do that beside that village idiot agent of Kaepernick's? Yeah. Remember Drew Drew Rosenhaus was begging him, like, let me negotiate your deal. And he like went with that crew. Uh, Did you see what Brock said about the first touchdown he threw? Yeah, after the game, he said. For people who didn't see it, he said, "I tried to, I tried to point." He, he, actually, I watched the tape. It, it's different than the way he described it. But basically, what he said was, he tried to tell George. He pointed, hoping George would do the opposite of what he was gonna, what he was telling him to do, to trick the back. Yeah. So he points. What's funny is the defender actually went that way. George didn't. And he said after the game, like we just got to get on the same page with that. And I think to your point on Kurt Warner and that offense being better after they won the Super Bowl, like they just spent more time together. And it was a reminder of how little these two have actually played together. When you think about like the quarterback combos with receivers that have had kind of the mind melt thing going, they don't play. They, they've played basically a season together. And it's not like George is his top target. Like he throws to George a ton, but he throws to a lot of other people more. Right. But so no practice, no practice still with those guys till he began starting when Jimmy got hurt and then no OTAs. And you were at the training camp practice, you know, in and out, right? Yeah. Two days on, one day off. And at the beginning of it, kind of, you know, on a pitch count. And you don't, the other thing is like sneaky part about training camp is you, you know, this is like, you're not in that many situations that often, even when you're practicing, does that mean George is on the field? Not necessarily. How how many red zone, you got like, you run like five red zone snaps a day and it's not every day. So it's. What's Debo's pitch count in training camp? Yeah, I mean, Debo comes to run three go balls and then takes... Well, actually, Debo, once he got on the field, practice, but... McCaffrey gets off days. You just don't have that. It's And it's not real bullets, right? I actually think you get a lot more reps. Like I bet his reps during the season last year, once he became the starter, and his reps from week one this year are really valuable. Even though practices are less, I would say, physical, more than likely, than your training camp practice on a given day... You're just spending more time specifically kind of nerding out on football stuff that that growth during the season, if you have like five straight seasons, like by the time Edelman and Brady were at the end, like that final Super Bowl or the last couple runs, they were just like the Hill. It's not even fair. The, the knowledge that you have. And you that's the thing about pro sports now. You don't get that as often. Look at the cohesion that Chase and Burrow has. It's not. They've had this since like they've been practicing since 2018 together. It's 2023, 2018. Those guys have walked on a practice field together. I throw the ball to you. Just talking football, routes, coverages, leverages, just nerdy shit. Just you as the player, let alone working with the coach. That's the other thing the 49ers are going to have a lot like the Rams had is for me, retired, but March stayed on, right? So their offensive play caller never changed. Kyle's never going to change. Right. That's that's part of Brock's luck. He gets him. Josh Allen yeah. is going to get another coordinator. Justin Herbert's 
eventually going to get another head coach, and he's had multiple coordinators. Unless if he, I if I was betting, I bet Kellen Moore is the head coach next year. Just feels like you, you Dean Spanos what? easy. I don't I don't know if he's like head coach. If that would be my uneducated guess. You see Orlovsky's the clip of Orlovsky on McAfee today? No. Okay. He just said like you know. He wasn't like being dramatic. He's like, you know, like he he wasn't like, you know, sometimes he can be demonstrative. He's like, you know, I've just I've been told like the Belichick is going to be running a team next year. And it's basically already decided where you're going. And McAfee tried to get him to tell him where. And he wouldn't say. I, I think the problem with that stuff and, you know, talking to coaches and scouts, they all like, who do you think's getting this? What are you hearing about this? You know, and then something takes a life. And what I my guess would be like is Washington. You know they're yeah, pretty desperate. Guess. Would, yeah. would be the guess. And could pay new owner. Feels like it's over. And I, I kind of like Sam Howell. Like, would he want to coach Drake May or Caleb Williams? How about Buffalo? They wouldn't let him go to Buffalo, right? The Crafts could not. No, yeah, could you? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think you just do you you just wouldn't fire him. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't trade him or or fire him. Do you think Bill Belichick's traded? I mean, that thing, that little report happened not long ago, and there's maybe something to that. Why not? If you're the Patriots, at least get some value for it. And that you, you, no one's going to think you did it against his will. Like everyone's going to know he wanted to go, and you just yeah. you get it's something. Over. It's over. Trade him straight up for Del Rio. That that. What about, I was thinking about that. Del Rio would be available at ex-defensive coordinator for Lincoln. McDermott? No, for Lincoln Riley. Oh, for Lincoln Riley. Ooh, that's good. And then he's in position he when he bounces back. Yes, to then take the head coaching job. Like, would Lincoln get credit for that hire? Uh, Yeah, although would he – I mean, that, that type of hire is not usually like Lincoln's not the one. When you get like alum comes back to coach, like your boosters made that hire, right? Yeah. Well, remember Jack wanted the job a couple years ago? Yeah. I, that was like He's a year before Clay even got fired. Would he have left the Raiders for SC? <laughs> no. Someone told me that before Jack interviewed with the Raiders, he told someone, I'm going to crush this interview and it'll be my job before I walk out that door. I don't know if that actually came to fruition that way, but he was right that he got the job. Uh. I, I yeah, I mean, I know of somebody that interviewed for a, for a job with the Raiders once, and like Mark wanted him to take the job right then in the room as a head coach. Uh, no, not as the head coach. Although I did have a coach, a college coach yesterday, accidentally text me when he meant to text another coach, asking if I was getting the A and M job, <laughs> and then he was like, "Oops, wrong person." <laughs> Gus Malzahn. Guy uh, Haberman, Gus Malzahn, get GU. GU. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, you got to think of your GU guys. I'm going to see SEC. I'm going to meet Gus this week, John. What's their record? Uh, five and five. I used to hear he was very, very per- paranoid that one reason he was not comfortable allowing all the scouts and executives, like he was very, very strict with rules because he thought everyone would just want to kiss Nick's ass and tell him all the shit they were doing in practice. Cause obviously you hit Alabama oh, and Auburn at the same time. Yeah. And 
that was Gottlieb's theory of why Lincoln was closing practices. Like he didn't want everyone telling like trying to get Curry favor with Oregon or Utah. I'm like, I think it's a little different. It's one of those practices that they want to curry favor with Oregon. It's your local uh, media. They, they don't have no. No, he's he's t- he shut down to the NFL. I'm talking. Oh, he the, thought. Yeah, yeah. He thought like the assistant GMs would try to get in with Nick and tell him like Nick would be like, "What are you seeing out there?" You know, and of course you probably would, right? But I at Oregon or Utah, I, I don't know if it'd be the same. Like Lincoln, you should be the big dog. You should be the Is guy playing Alabama this year. <laughs> no, I don't know, but. Gus was very, very strict with allowing people in the operation. Well, Nick was the opposite. Door open, come on in. Yeah, which was was Pete too, right? Yeah, which is not Lincoln. Who's? Did you ever go to old Pete SC practice, or was that before you were on the West? No, it was before. It was that was when I was in like college. I did go with Tim Skipper to a Lane Kiffin practice at USC when John Baxter was the. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think what I I mean it was cool, but it wasn't. I was looking for like Snoop Dogg and famous people. Didn't see any. I went to one during the Pete era. I think Pete era. David Osbury was there. Yeah. Um, David Fresno, Osbury. A Fresno guy, right? Yeah. So I went to do like an interview with him and uh, I was just blown away. Like people could just walk in off the street to practice. You could just walk in and just stand there and watch USC at the height of USC practice football. That's my thing with Lincoln like that to, to make noise in LA. I mean, the Dodgers are huge. Obviously now, they just have NFL teams. There's a lot going on. Like I don't think stars harden. I I don't think you can play it like Lincoln's playing it, and and, and not just if you're going to be a behemoth and dominate, you can do whatever you want. But you could curry a lot of favor by hey, we're just wide open. Come on in, see what I'm doing. But that's not really his. He's not a big like chest pounding shit talker. You know, he's he's he feels like more like an introvert. And again, I've always liked him, but. I always thought that when I talked to him, I was like, I don't yeah. think this people think he's a lot different than he actually is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, that was a little chippy before chip blew up. Everyone's like, God, this innovative ass kicking. No, he doesn't want to talk to anybody ever. Well, and I think people kind of learn on the podcast. Remember? And I, I know, but he's not a bullshitter. Even no, he's not interviewing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, report today. The chips on it going to be fired at UCLA after the SC game this week. Do you think they would? Do you think they would hire Jonathan Smith? Yeah, hell yeah. Do you think that now, would probably be near the top of their he's list? From, he's from Pasadena, I think. Jonathan Smith. Uh, his team's ranked twelfth in the nation. I mean, it'd be a great hire. Knows offense, like to me, he Jonathan Smith is who's also been on the show. He's Kyle Shanahan,y right? Offensive guy who has uh, really physical defenses. Well, you talk to him, he's a tough guy. Like him and Lincoln, actually, when you're just talking to him, are both pretty serious cats. But when you watch his team play and you watch Lincoln, philosophically, they view offense a lot differently. And you go, well, one guy comes from Mike Leach. The other guy comes from pro-style Mike Riley, worked for Chris Peterson, right? So just philosophically, who he's been around, it's a little different. Played for – coach with Mike – did you say played for Mike Riley too? Played for Mike Riley. Or was and it Co- probably both. Nine. It would have been like early two thousands. Played with Stephen Jackson. And and he he was a he was a Chris Peterson guy, correct? Boise, Washington. Yep. Uh, yep. So it's like they ain't not taking defense seriously. CFL Grey Cup is Sunday, says Dan. Winnipeg QB is a Cincinnati alum and Kelsey Bro's roommate, Zach Kalaris. Remember him? First yeah, Montreal, yeah. 
QB is Nevada alum Cody Fajardo. I remember that guy. Do you think, though, I don't know. Who's the AD at UCLA? Dude from Cincinnati? Martin, uh, Martin Jarman. Was that Mike Bone from Cincinnati? Yeah, Martin Jarman's at Ohio State. He, Once upon so the, Jonathan Smith is now like, law, there's no connection there, whatever. I'm just. No, okay. I don't think it's a lot. I mean, he might try and get a Big Ten OC, Big Ten, you know, like they're going to the Big Ten. Yeah. Like it would make sense. Like, let me go find somebody in the Big Ten, right? They would be crazy not to interview Jonathan Smith after what he's done. These well, the style days. fits. It's the Big Ten. Who reported the chips done? Uh, on three. I feel like I'm a hater, but that kind of warms my heart. Like I, I, my, my issue with him is not that he fired me or anything. I truly think, and listen, you've been around him more than me lately. I don't think he cares. And I don't mean he cares about like kissing people's ass or whatever. That's fine. That's not everyone's personality. I just don't think, like, win or lose UCLA, I don't think he gives a fuck. I'll say this about Lincoln. Like, I do think he cares. I, I do think this is probably hard on him. I do think this year is suck for him. I don't think Chip gives a shit. Like, I don't think it was that different when they kind of went 4-8 and eight than the last couple of years when they've been a lot better. I don't think he cares. Am, am I wrong? Like, do you think he cares? I don't know. I mean, I, I – I, the fact that he went and hired Danton Lynn this year to coach his defense and, like, kind of turned his defense into that. Well, I think he cares about having a being the head coach and doesn't want to lose his job, so he went to like hire a good guy. But I, I just think wins and losses, like I don't think he's that angry or not, like with a beer in his hand on Saturday night. His, yeah, that's my Life's point. Good. Life's good. But I think when Kyle Whittingham gets the shit kicked out of him by Oregon, like he's fucking pissed. Even if he knows like we weren't as good. Like I, I think that hurts him, right? It he it hurt Jonathan Smith losing hurts him. I, I don't think Chip it hurt. I think it did once upon a time. I think those days are long gone, though. And to me, if I'm, I can't have a big Jim Harbaugh would fucking take a bullet for football, right? Even Ryan Day, like I think Ryan Day truly knows how awesome a situation. I think a lot of college coaches, right, really value everything they got. I don't think Chip does, especially when you factor in the pro. I don't think he gives a shit about anyone at UCLA. I'd be fascinated what Mick Cronin thinks about the guy. He's like, this guy's a weirdo. Do a lot of people on campus that are around him think he's a weirdo? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't I've, I haven't done a UCLA game, so I don't really – I haven't been around their program. I sat next to him at a dinner a few months ago, and he was not weird at all. Like, he was super engaging. Uh, Which is everybody. not really – most people would say that's not always him, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, most of the stuff I heard about him is from you. But how often do you talk to people that have been around him? Like, ah, just easy guy to talk to, easy well, going. Well, but see, that's the thing. Bullshit. It's like, I know Yogi Roth. Like, he's type. He knows him well. Aliotti. That's who I talk to him. I loves him, right? So they're, there's friends. Um, yeah, maybe it's just me and Howie. Mick is a different cat. Yeah, maybe that's a bad example. Did press conference the other day? No. I didn't tell you this. He's like, uh, what was the quote? He quoted Danny Glover from, uh, what's the movie with him and Mel Gibson? Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. He's like, if we're, oh, the quote was, he, this is how he said it, quote. He goes, if we're going to die, we're going to die my way. Danny Glover, Lethal Weapon. But he didn't crack a smile. Meant it. Meant every second of it. Like the Matt Rule, if we die, we die. If we die, we die. I think they lost that, I think they lost that game. Waiting for the flip to switch there for old Nebraska. Maybe next year. A lot of his, you know, his 
his uh, pregame speeches. The one, the first one, the one viral was pretty good. And then he started doing rattling them off, and they kept going viral in my different timelines. I got yeah. Will Compton always doubling down, and they were, I mean, one about breast cancer. That was but good. You one. Can't, you can't be throwing these out and then losing 10 to 7 against Iowa, right? Or losing against Maryland. It's one thing that Kirby Smart won against Nick Saban years ago when they finally beat him. It's like, well, he won the fucking game. That's part of it. You can't, part of giving the battle speech is everyone can't die, right? You got to right. win the battle. That's right. And maybe his team's shitty. I don't know. I don't think Brock's brother's quite Brock. This year one. Oh, uh, Chubba? Chubba, yeah. I got Chubba. How about this 2027 quality control guy for the 49ers? God, I like that. <laughs> just 2029, just might not even take that long. Yeah, that's a long way out. What if I told you like he quit college to just come be there? <laughs> Kyle's like Bobby Slowick, run game coordinator. Yeah, he's like, I always knew I wanted to coach. Brock told me, I told Kyle about it. He said, fuck, we had a spot. Boom. Uh, sneaky Nebraska's won three in a row. Did you know that? I thought they just lost to Maryland. No? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Early in the schedule. Sorry, they lost two in a row. They, they'd they won three in a row previously. They put the L in gray. You can barely see it next to the score. Uh, play Wisconsin and Iowa coming up. So Who they lose to the last – I know Maryland this week. but Maryland, Michigan State by three. Back-to-back back three-point losses. That was a bad they'd loss. Won th- after they'd beaten Purdue, Northwestern, and Illinois. I mean, all these teams stink. They're close, John. They're close. Really close. I think Oregon. Uh, I mean, this the Big Ten's going to be. These teams are going to get mollywopped by like landing. I know. You want you want a uh, NFL take? I I, de- I developed on Sunday night. If you redrafted the quarterbacks on the first round of the 2021 draft, Zach Wilson might still go too. Well, he's definitely you would you would just take your chances with Zach Wilson over Mac Jones. By next year, the other three guys will probably all change teams. Do you think Trey's on the Cowboys next year? Well, I just mean he's already traded team once, so he has. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Field, okay, gotcha. Mac. Yeah. Just the throw that Zach had at the end of the game was on. I know he's, like, you know, afraid or whatever. <laughs> Can't read a defense. But running away from Max Crosby to his left, spinning and throwing the ball into the end zone was insane. I thought when he threw it that the ball was going to end up way left of the end zone, right, just because it's momentum. For it to end up that far into the end zone, I think it's one of the best incompletions I've ever seen in my entire life. I agree. I said it was a top five play of the NFL season this year. Crosby was on his ass. How did he turn and throw it off platform? And, you know, Max's arms are always up, so he always feels like he's going to engulf you, and he's kind of gave him a stutter step. What if he would have completed that play? Because it wasn't that far away from being completed. I mean, it would it would have been one of the great plays I've ever seen in my life. Truly, <laughs> he he got it there. It's just hard to catch that ball. I, I do think than Trey. Well, like you watch Aiden O'Connell. He, you know, Aiden O'Connell's probably a better armed kind of Mac Jones version. But I'll give you an example, like him and Trey. Like Aiden O'Connell, you just kind of know on a daily, on a play-in, play-out basis. Like he kind of knows what to do. He's just in the pocket. He's just kind of easy to, if your team's good, to play with. I, I'm sure you know he doesn't get rid of the ball that often. I do understand why Zach. Sometimes he starts running around. Like on that play, he had to. But there was a lot of plays in that game where Aiden O'Connell's just playing like an NFL quarterback, whether it's good or bad on a given play. I don't. You don't know. I mean, some are good, some are bad. But he just, you kind of know what you're getting. Was Zach at any moment? 
you start scrambling around, you're like, God, he's pretty fucking athletic. I know and the problem starts, is that. And then the ball like skips and flies, and he he really is he's much more fluid to watch than Trey Lance ever was. Yeah. There's a fluidity to the way he throws and moves. Because if they both stink, the one guy just has more fluidity to his ability. The problem is he's allergic to staying in the pocket. <laughs> yeah, that's, he doesn't he can't do it. That's a problem. He doesn't like it. He wants to get out of there. At least Trey tried to stay in there. I'll say that for Lance, right? Until further I, notice, the generational talent and Trevor Law shouldn't be used in the same sentence. If yeah, I agree. They're five and five. Nine and eight will not make you the playoffs in the AFC. But if he goes four and three down the stretch, so he would have gone six and three as the Raiders head coach. Does Mark Davis hire him without going to the playoffs, but going six and three as the head coach of the Raiders? Uh, so sorry, you said what down the stretch? One, two, three. Well, he's he's five. he's two and zero, oh, right? And they're five and five, so they got seven games left, right? right? Seventeen game schedule. So if he goes four and three, that means he would be nine and so, uh, nine and eight. But they, w- I don't think you make the playoffs at nine and eight. But clearly, they would probably have a very yeah. respectable ending. I think he hires him as long as Jim doesn't want, doesn't come to take the job. I think not keeping Basaccia, he has that in the back of his mind. Not that he should have, but he kind of. It's a second chance at hiring a guy who rallies his team. This guy probably easier to hire than Basaccia, right? Who's a lifetime special teams coach. This is like a legitimate NFL star. Um, they play Miami, Kansas City. Minnesota, the Chargers, Kansas City, the Colts, and the Broncos. So if he's going to do that, Johnny, he's going to win some impressive. He's going to have some impressive wins. I guess he could yeah, well, beat Minnesota and Indy. What would that make him? He's two and zero. Minnesota and Indy would be four, one, two, three, four, five, six, four and six, four and six, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sorry, that would make him four and. Be four and three. Five. He wins four. He's two and zero. Oh. Yeah, he's two and zero. Oh, two and zero. Oh. So you're saying if he goes what down the stretch? If he goes two and five, I don't think he gets kept with that. With only his wins being Indy and Minnesota. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I think as you play real teams, you don't get as much credit for you get no credit for beating Tommy DeVito, even though that you needed a win. But ultimately, it was Tommy DeVito. So to me, this week's a good example at Miami. Okay, you beat Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson. Now you're playing Miami, who I didn't notice playing last week, so I assume they're off a bye. Uh, long road trip. Like, is that a respectable, like, 30 to 20 loss, or is that more like a 40 to 10 ass kicking? Right. right? Yep. That to me, because you can lose the game, but how does it look? Because I know how Josh McDaniels would have looked. He would have lost 38 to 13, and it would have been not even that close. But clearly, these guys. I think Mark, I think Melissa Stark said it like, I I don't think he said I want to hire him, but he's got every opportunity to get this. Like, I'm yeah. I'm rooting for him type yeah. of thing. And the other, the other thing is he's tried two splashies, right? John was obviously really splashy. And Josh, Josh wasn't John Gruden level splashy, but it was really splashy. When he hired Jack Del Rio, he didn't get as much credit, and it just for a couple of years gave them, just got the train back on the tracks and pretty respect. When he had Basaccia, I wonder if he's like, Obviously, Harbaugh works would be very expensive. And two, he's like, God, I've just done all these splashes and always backfires in my face. Yeah, I think part of it is like, but you look at it like, maybe I'll just let Jesus take the wheel, like the country song said, right? Like, 
this quote just fell in my lap. If it works, why am I going to overthink it? He just fell in my lap. The players like him. We were respectable. What am I doing a search for? I don't want to do a search. Well, what if he just gave both these guys, Champ, Kelly, and this guy, just, hey, we'll give you three years. You know, Antonio, you make three years, six million, and Champ, you make three years, $2 million. And it's like, it's not an interim. You get multi-year contracts. You definitely get in two years to kind of prove. You already got some good players. My money would be on that, unless they just start getting their ass kicked constantly, which, which I do think is on the table. Just they might not be good enough. And Aiden O'Connell, all of a sudden, you get into a, you know, a back and forth. He can't score with these guys. Like, is it 21-3 at halftime against Miami? Harder to yell at Antonio Pierce on the team flight after an L than at Josh McDaniels, you think, if you're Mark? Yeah, I just don't think you're yelling at Antonio Pierce, really. Yeah, I don't think so either. But he hasn't been yelled at yet because they've been winning. I'm just saying, like, is he less likely to yell at Antonio Pierce after a bad L than he was Josh McDaniel? Well, like, for example, I don't even think he was, like, Jack's a good example. Like, I would put Jack under that category. He's kind of an intimidating figure. I don't think Jack was ever getting – I think he goes after the assistants. Oh, okay. Coordinators. Gotcha. And maybe the head coach is kind of right there going, like, mm. good point, Mark. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's something to consider. Anything else? Kind of rooting for Antonio Pierce. The the cigars in the locker room, like after the first game, but now every game, a little much for me. First game, totally get it. You hate this guy. They did it again. I don't know. I think it's kind of stupid. It's good for your fitness to be smoking cigars that much during the season. Is cigar bad for you if you don't? I mean, not inhaling it. You're just inhaling it. Isn't that what most guys do? Great question. Just get a little tingling on the lips. Yeah. All right, everybody. On that note. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.